0: Do you call a group of logs a tree or do you need leaves?
1: A group of logs might be uh, a bunch. What do you call something brown and sticky?
0: Uh, I don't know how to answer that question. A stick. (laughs) Okay.
1: Moving on. So how about the logging? So
0: Most childish podcast on Spotify.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So um, when we're logging stuff, right? Yeah. I feel like no one, uh, well, this is the thing. When I was learning, and I'm still learning, but in my early days, straight out of the boot camp, there was always lots of resources around how to do front end development. But I could never really find many resources on what's good logging practices and
0: like when to log?
1: Well, I suppose it's maybe it's part of the whole DevOps kind of mindset. Maybe I should have been looking more into the DevOps stuff because logging's typically typically done in that area, is that right? Or...
0: Uh, the, col- like, collection, like, collation, like, merging them, making them sortable, or, like, delivering them to a unified location, that's normally, like, a DevOps thing. The, uh, winter log, I do have opinions on, <laughs> shockingly, yeah. and, uh, is, is, that's more of, like, the application developer, right, because, obviously, the DevOps guy's not going to go into your code base and write, like, out or whatever, yeah. you know, so...
1: So there's two there's two factors there right it's like okay how do we set up what's what's a good logging system look like and does that change depending on the size of the of the system and second of all how do we know what to log when do we log what's our practices around logging so maybe we need to break it into two areas is that right
0: number two might be more fun maybe
1: okay let's do number one then because we don't have fun on this podcast <laughs>
0: all right great all stuff <laughs> well um <clears throat> yeah what is there oh, it, it, the, it's so easy like uh, in most platforms essentially it's like uh, it's built in pipe to standard out easy mm-hmm. uh, like uh, if you want your logs to grow with your company uh, or be used for more than one thing then uh, obviously need to be f- exporting in a unified format hopefully uh, or in a format that can be transformed so uh, pick json is uh is something that I would say very easily as your yeah, yeah. as your format. It's All a little bit heavier. Options. Well, um, people in Go, yeah. for example, um, there's several talks about there's a, a bit of a renaissance of people not wanting to log in JSON, so non unstructured logs, and no. instead of treating logs as being machine readable, treat them as being uh, only for human reading. So like okay. just log lines, no context, and uh, in some examples, I think they even omit like stack traces. They only print uh, essentially like English that can be read by a human, which is uh, which is interesting.
1: Um, how they? What kind of format do they save that in? It's just like a text file.
0: Just a text file. Well, uh, well, the f- that that's an interesting thing to say because uh, most applications wherever they are run standard out. Uh, so there's like you know there's standard air and standard out. Those are typically both piped into a text file if uh, you're running something locally or to the console. So you can pick where that's redirected to. In the case of something like Lambda or EC2, typically uh, that would be going out to uh, what is it CloudWatch or if yep. you're in GCP stack driver, or they've just renamed it to like Google Cloud Operations Toolkit or something, which is yeah, too much, but yeah. Yep. So you can choose where that standard out uh, ends up going. You always log in that sort of same way, like using syst- a standard out of the process though. Some old software that I had to integrate with use um, text file only, like they don't actually log to standard out at all. And those are the, the hardest, most annoying uh, applications to work with because a lot of systems obviously don't have uh, th- nowadays most file systems are ephemeral like they disappear right after the application's done running so if the yeah. if the file system disappears I lose the logs as well which sucks mm. so
1: Yep. and so why is the why is the Renaissance come back as you said to not structure it in JSON
0: simplicity well go, goes all about simplicity right and um, I've had colleagues in the past who have who've pushed for simpler logging systems where you get rid of json and just log it can be a bit overwhelming if you just get a console full of json right it's hard to Mm. parse it's not it's not readily uh, easy to read and it needs typically some sort of machine intervention for it to be legible Mm. i think that means that you miss out on a lot of context 90 percent of the time and Mm. uh, most people i see who do that unstructured logging end up adding structure but in a in a application-specific way. So they end up adding, like, a timestamp in brackets at the start of the log line, and then you have to, like, write something to parse out that, like, timestamp from the start of the log line, or there's just a whole bunch of hacks that you end up having to do if, if you do um, a standard out-based logging, because you will add structure eventually. Um, just maybe choose to do it earlier.
1: And then, otherwise, how is it searchable? How do, how do people...
0: Text search only, essentially, would be how you would okay. do that. Um, and then, uh, obviously, if there's an application written like that, um, most systems, uh, if you have something like Elasticsearch and you wanted to be able to search all those, you might have something like um, FluentD or... Um, so like a log uh, aggregator, something that like pulls together all the logs from different processes and then spits them out at something like Elasticsearch, right? Mm-hmm. And so those things would be responsible for actually... Transforming those like plain text logs into JSON so that it interrupts with every other part of your system, but uh, that transformation to some sort of structured, it pretty much is going to be JSON. Like it's the easiest to to, to use. Uh, that's going to happen at some point. Yeah.
1: What kind of um, what kind of structure do you like to put in your JSON logs? Uh,
0: well, it depends on the 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 deployment. Um, something like the host name is beneficial sometimes. Uh, if you if you're running on like EC2 or like actual compute instances, you want to know like which machine it is. Uh, you might even get like who the current user is in some of them. Uh, if you're doing like an HTTP request, uh, the currently logged in user ID is obviously critical. I would it, it's worth the extra like space of keeping that in every single log line. Um, at all times uh, because then it's easier to and, and also something like a correlation ID um, and then what else you'd have like some millisecond uh, or like millisecond level timestamp in it as well something like that yeah
1: that's uh, that's, that's so most of it so when, when you got all the, the structure and format then for your logs how do you work out in your system what is required to be logged? Like, what are the what are the main things you want to be looking for? Security, I suppose, is one. Um, what about performance? Well, maybe you want to know, like, how uh, performant maybe the requests are. If you're logging HTTP request, maybe,
0: or what's the well, if we're looking at um, paradigm we need to look at. If we're looking at cloud microservices, which it sounds like we are in this in this world. Yeah. Um, which is what I suppose I do all the time. Does so. anything
1: exist out of that?
0: I don't know. No <laughs> I don't know. Do <laughs> people run things just on a single compute instance anymore? I don't think so. <laughs> but um, so there's, there's, that's a very different type of log typically. Normally um, your performance or something that you would gain more security information from would be something like uh, what's typically called an access log. Uh, Nginx has an access log. Uh, all of your, your SSH server, if you have SSHD run, running, it has an access log, uh, and you would want to be exporting those into a centralized location. And those are typically not human readable because they are so gigantic. So you, you still want it to be parsable by a human, but um, there's so many uh, IP addresses and so many routes and so many uh, packets coming in and out that it's not, it's not possible for you mm-hmm. to manage that yourself. So all of those would be what you'd sort of term infrastructure logs. And those are the ones that you that are high value to a security team, for example. Uh, mm-hmm. And you could actually take a list of those IPs and if you have something like Sumo Logic, like one of those really smart log aggregators that runs some, I don't know, machine learning or whatever the fuck, uh, it'll tell you like, uh, oh, well, half the requests are coming from Russia. Don't really need machine learning for that, but uh-huh. uh, it'll tell what your access patterns are over time. Yeah. Something like ask you sir. something like guard yeah. duty as well uh, in yeah. AWS I, I believe does that they don't expose any of the information of how they do it but guard duty does read access logs those sort of things and will tell you if there's a pattern that's outside of the norm the issue with patterns and machine learning is that you need enough scale for that to be worth anything so uh, if you're like a a medium sized business in Australia it's going to be a long time before you can actually get any good readings out of something like guard duty. It's uh, machine learn, machine learning backed, so yeah. So,
1: what typical things will a security team look for throughout the logs?
0: Uh, well, that's 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 very interesting. Uh, so obviously the location is one. Uh, whether or not more than one, if you want to get advanced in terms of security, whether or not more than one person is log more than one person like user account has been logged into from a single IP, that might indicate that someone uh, has logged into multiple accounts. Uh, You might look for uh, logins from dramatically different IP addresses. So maybe an IP address logged in as a user that is not the normal. So you might fingerprint each user and this might be an external service and it might not be in the actual application itself. You might say user ABC logs in from uh, New Zealand and now they've mm-hmm. logged in from uh, Thailand so mm-hmm. uh, that would be something that some, you might be able to write some code to to check uh-huh. your fingerprints of your customers yep. uh, if you see uh, access tokens being used more than once obviously this isn't an, like so if you have a, a, a one use token like a, an email token or a magic link token if you see those being used more than once and even worse coming from a, a different IP that's a that's a potential pattern of uh, someone trying to replay, like a replay attack actually uh, coming against you. Uh, so there's all sorts of stuff like that that you could be looking for in your logs.
1: So would security teams have uh, some kind of monitoring and notifications in place to flag these uh, anomalies? Or If you had just...
0: a dedicated security team, yeah, most of the time. Depends on the risk, I suppose. If yeah. it's
1: high risk, you'd probably be monitoring it in real time. And if it's low risk, you just...
0: Yeah, and what's the staffing, uh, like, uh, most of the time? Uh, so, uh, yeah, the security team that I've worked with, they had Sumo Logic, so they would pump everything in there, and they just played around with it. I never actually saw any results come back, but uh, they had some really nice dashboards saying, uh, oh, you know, 20% of traffic comes from Russia. That's
1: that's all we that's, want to see.
0: That's just about it. the dashboard. Yeah. yeah. But uh, all those more advanced things are, uh, you know, you've probably gotten like Facebook when someone tries to log into your account from somewhere else, that's sort of something that could come from a, a log actually. It doesn't need to be in the application itself. It can be something sort of uh, what hexagonal to the yeah. login system.
1: Yeah. I find those very annoying.
0: Suspicious activity. And it's always you like, I mean, <laughs> it's just that I logged in from my old MacBook. Like, I mean, come
1: on Facebook. Like, <laughs> like you've got all my data. Surely, you know, Yeah,
0: just turn on my webcam. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Just ask me, like, pop open, fine. Yeah, Yeah. start a Zoom call with me. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah. but uh, those are the security sort of things. Uh,
1: Yeah. What about from a team's perspective then? What's the team look for for logs?
0: Look for like what are they reading for?
1: Like a developed feature, like
0: use case after they've already been logged is ninety percent of the time going to be debugging something. A developer is almost never going to look at logs just for the sake of uh, reading them, uh, unless they're just a very curious soul. Uh, So, there's also another one which is dashboarding. So, if you use something like Grafana, uh, and this is a pattern that I've used, instead of like exporting metrics as well as logs, if you have a a small enough set, you might not need something as complex as Prometheus and you can just uh, aggregate, like if you want to know how many users signed up that day instead of reading the database and needing all this additional access con- like controls set up for you, needing Postgres permissions, Cassandra permissions, whatever, just um, just aggregate uh, the number of logs for user created, right? That's a pretty easy way to get some value. It's not true necessarily because it's not what's actually in the source of truth, but mm. uh, it gives you some basic product insights, who's using it when. And then uh, you could also use it for debugging is 90% of the use cases um, that that uh, like application level logs are used by developers. So mm. that would normally be in something like Elasticsearch or uh, uh, so you can actually search based on correlation IDs or something uh, or something like Stackdriver or uh, like Cloud uh cloudwatch is pretty bad they have cloudwatch insights now but i still i don't think they're uh, they're not really very good and it's quite expensive as well for what they're doing so
1: so what are what are devops teams looking for when they're building out a, a logging system for their, could, for their what development teams
0: yeah whatever they can put on their resume that's what's uh, right, <laughs> new cool and I like yeah it. what what what's cool and happening yeah. Well, logging is a very hard thing because I don't think anyone has a, if we were talking about like larger scale microservice architectures, no one has like the perfect solution. People have been moving between tools like Splunk and, uh, you know, Elastic and all these like different various tools throughout time. It's, uh, no one ever settles on one thing. Well,
1: traceability so, becomes an issue with microservices, is that right?
0: Traceability is in knowing where a request, like a request started and where it failed, that sort of thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yes, uh, especially if you have different teams that are allowed to see different sets of data. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing. So that's distributed tracing might help with that. So there's a, there's a we, we can't really go into it in this episode, but uh, distributed tracing, open tracing, it'll actually show you, for example, on a graph, like these are the requests that came through and here's some associated metadata. It's a bit of an alternative to logging, but also something that's used alongside logging. You might see the actual logs for each service in a distributed trace graph, for example. So you could see, oh, it came in through orders and then it broke in the warehouse and then you'll see like a red line. AWS X-Ray is an example of that. So,
1: Yeah. I think New Relic's got one too, maybe.
0: Oh, for sure, yeah. All of the um, uh, like application performance monitoring things have logging and all these additional features built in that I don't think anyone actually uses more than likely.
1: So when you're in the DevOps team, it's just about what T-shirt you want, and then you go yeah. to that vendor and you tell them, "Okay, I need who uh, has the coolest logo. logo." Yeah, yeah, I need, <laughs> yeah. And I need ten T-shirts, please. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. We'll we'll use your system for that. Yeah,
1: just we need swag.
0: Well that's why they have all those uh you know that's why they have the booths and everything because they're just desperate to get uh, the developers to want that one because there's actually no real big value to using any of them. I've heard a lot of good things about Datadog though like uh, I don't know that much about it but um mm. and uh, no one's really interested in paying for it so but apparently it's very cool, very hip. Mm. That's my endorsement.
1: Datadog if you're listening we will be accepting sponsorships too and so please t-shirts.
0: I'll take a t-shirt, thank you. I would love that. <laughs> I said, I don't know anything about your product, but it is very good. (laughs) What could be better of an endorsement than that?
1: Happy to stand by that if we get a t-shirt. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So that's cool. So what about... um,
0: Number two. You know
1: one thing? Okay. If I I get a bit technical, this is just a quick one. Yeah. When I was first starting out, um, I always used to look at like node servers, like an express server in node. And people would say, oh, don't use console log. You're not allowed to use console log. You have to use a better logger. And yeah. then um, I think we would use like Winston and... Pino? Pino, yeah. Yes. Is, are those loggers, is it just the way to be able to have some kind of uh, like methodology? Like I suppose console log is... There's not much to it, is there? It's just like a line of logging. So, yeah. just, is those extra loggers just being able to add all like the timestamps and the error type and all the log status and all that kind of stuff?
0: Mostly. Uh, there's also uh, some performance changes as well. Uh, so they're very configurable. Most of those additional like logging frameworks, like uh, Log4j and Java and all these other systems. There's heaps of logging frameworks. Every language has like fifteen. Um, the ones that you just mentioned, uh, Pino in particular, uh, is one that we use and I've used before, is uh, it actually performs the writes. So writing to stand out is actually relatively slow occasionally. And oh. so doing that either in the background or after a delay or not blocking to write to stand out or doing it all at once, uh, it will manage that on its own. Instead of oh. needing to write a large blob of JSON or... Uh, if you wanted to write a timestamp, for example, instead of creating the date object right then, they have some other magic way to manage that, right? So mm. there are like actual performance comparisons, like benchmarks of logging a single string uh, in JSON across all of these frameworks, and Pino ends up being, the in, in JavaScript at least, the fastest by far, um, uh, probably because of that.
1: Uh, there you go. I didn't realize that. So yeah. a performance benefit.
0: But uh it's not massive, it's milliseconds obviously. It's like sub milliseconds, nanoseconds yeah. uh of performance that you're eking out. And then the other uh the other benefit would be that uh I suppose you don't need to write your own like JSON stringify with your own format. It doesn't really matter. You can start with console log.
1: So in our server you're using Pino to log to CloudWatch? Uh
0: no, you log to standard out in almost everything. Almost every cloud platform you don't log to a provider. Uh, you log to standard out. And for example, in Kubernetes, uh, you log to standard out, which gets written to uh, a file. And then that file gets picked up by Kubernetes, like Fluentd or some log exporter, and it spits them out at Cloud CloudWatch or at uh, Elasticsearch or whatever.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're just logging to standard out. Yeah. But it ends up in CloudWatch.
0: That's right, at the end of the day. But uh, typically the application shouldn't be trying to spit logs somewhere because that's a recipe for disaster and missing logs. When your application starts breaking, obviously, or like, let's say there's a firewall or something uh, that specifically affects your service, there's a potential for your logs to no longer be able to at, like, make it out of your system. Uh, yeah. So you sort of want that to be managed by something else 90% of the time.
1: And maybe you want to put it into a managed service provided by your cloud provider.
0: Yeah. Uh, Any examples? AWS you know? OpenSearch, brand new. Oh, <laughs> what's that one? Tell me more. <laughs> well, we talked about this ages ago, but um, they, uh, they
1: hold on. OpenSearch, what's that?
0: Well, it's Elasticsearch, uh, but AWS brand. They they oh. they deleted the word Elastic from it. No more Elastic Stack allowed on AWS. We're done with that. Yep. Uh, mm. And uh, they had a bit of a fight over like trademarks and uh, and also um, not just trademarks, but the actual code itself. Uh, and so they've decided to make their own system. Mm. Yeah.
1: And is this a, a fork of the original Elasticsearch?
0: It is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And yep. Is, it, is it? Will they be? Do they make changes? Does AWS maintain it and merge changes back into the open source project?
0: Not into the elastic one, but to open search, yeah, so a w s will be maintaining and and uh pushing their own changes to that, and I'm sure that's wow. open source as well, yeah, mm-hmm. so it's literally the same product, but split in two because of uh, a little bit of a, a slap fight between a w S and elastic. It was fun yeah. when it went down, big drama
1: <laughs> what's the What's your opinion? Do you think one is better than the other, or are they both very similar?
0: And well, they they're identical or? right now, <laughs> but uh, the advantage. They're so pretty similar. Though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, uh, the AWS offering is missing a lot of stuff that uh, the just normal uh, Elastic thing is. I think uh, like authorization, or oh, sorry, authentication, can be a bit tricky with the AWS version versus self-hosting Elasticsearch on its own, for example. But yep. um, if you just have a look at it, you'll you'll see what's missing or what's not there. The AWS one is a little bit easier, but you still have to, like, it's not like they've made it infinitely easier. You still have to manage shards and like uh, uh, indices and everything, which is the way that, uh, because it's a multi, like a uh, multi-computer application, Elasticsearch, you have to actually say like, give me three shards, which is three computers storing my data. And then uh, on these, I want to split my indices across like, all three of them, for example, to make sure that I don't lose logs, that sort of thing. It's so not it's just a the logging system. Yeah. So AWS does not take away, I think, ninety percent of the configuration. They take away the stuff like, oh, what computer does it run on, which is, mm. which isn't that interesting, really. So it it's it's an easy to button to push, and I think they give you a free tier. But other than that, the self hosted one isn't that hard to actually just run yourself. So
1: does it get expensive to use the AWS hosted version?
0: Oh, for sure. At some point, yeah, that's that's their business model. But um, Elastic has a as a, a hosted version as well. But uh, I don't know what their their price difference is between uh, the AWS and Elastic one. I'm sure AWS will try and out compete them without a doubt. So Elastic's much smaller, so AWS will definitely be cheaper. Mm.
1: Be interesting to see how far the the two projects deviate from one another or if they just copy each other the whole way.
0: Yeah. Well, that's what... uh, So Elastic itself, Elasticsearch has uh, premium features if you pay for the subscription of the self-hosted one. And uh, AWS has already been copying those essentially like (laughs) as they went. Uh, That was one of the things that Elastic cited when they were bringing up all the drama that they they were upset about. So Hmm. stuff like the authentication, I believe. Yeah.
1: What about saving logs long term? S3, you just put them in long-term storage? Is that what you do?
0: Or? Well, uh, the best thing to do with logs is to delete them after two months, but uh, it depends on what your, your requirements are. Uh, mm-hmm. If you actually need to keep them long-term, um, you should know about a data breach if it's more than three months or so, right? Uh, well, hopefully. Hopefully, yeah. Uh, depends on the sensitivity of the data you stored. But uh, if you do have a more sensitive use case, then you could just export them. Typically, uh, you would export... Not, you When you actually do the push to Elastic or push to CloudWatch, you could just push also to S3, like immediately archive as well. There's no reason not to. Depends on the scale. Uh, logging gets into petabyte. That's the easiest way to get like massive data bills is logs by far uh, uh, yep. someone forgets to put something on debug level in prod and then all of a sudden uh, <laughs> everything's gone <laughs> essentially yeah. your your whole budget's blown we i've yeah. spent easily like you know uh, 40k on on logs before so yeah it's uh well,
1: it's, need to spend your money on something right yeah if and logs, logs is you it joy yeah <laughs> why not yeah
0: Who's to say? No, no one appreciated that bill so no i can imagine Yeah. So uh, keep your log level on info if you can. Uh, It would be best. Yeah.
1: Yep. And if anyone else out there wants to know more about logging,
0: what do they do? Uh, They can uh, contact us on Discord. Am I supposed (laughs) to play the outro music? Here you go. (laughs) (laughs) Whoever wants more
1: logging info, get on the Discord and ask the questions about logging. Because maybe I missed some.
0: Yeah, for sure. There's like, uh, you know, logging is so I'm, complicated.
1: I'm new to the logging world. James has done quite a bit of it. He's the lumberjack, they say.
0: That's in right. The logging world. They call me Winston. Is he a lumberjack? Uh, that wasn't a good joke. All right. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I'm too tired for this now. <laughs> you have to wear a, a
1: checked flannel shirt. Pla- maybe a plaid shirt logging. or something. Yeah. plaid shirt. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, like. Your beard out a bit more. Like, comment, and subscribe on the podcast thing if that's a possibility. Rate yep. us on iTunes uh, and uh, join our Discord.
1: Yep. Tell us if you like the lightning episodes.
0: They're very short. This one's 29 minutes. We just have to wait for the intro song to finish now.
1: <laughs> oh, so awkward. Okay. Oh, there it goes. Uh, bye, everybody. Bye. See you on Discord.